a fight for life on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Usually on Truth and Love, we focus on the problems people face as they impact individuals. But today, we're going to focus on a problem that affects our society as a whole, and that's the problem of abortion. Abortion affects individuals, to be sure, and we'll be addressing that reality later this month. In fact, we're devoting the entire month of August to a discussion of various facets of the abortion issue. But today, we are focusing on the problem of abortion as it impacts our entire culture. I'd planned on devoting the next several podcasts to something else, but that was before the Center for Medical Progress began releasing videos of Planned Parenthood in an undercover fashion. These videos reveal the abortion work of Planned Parenthood in all of its grisly horror. And even more than that, it demonstrates, apparently, leaders in Planned Parenthood engaging in the sale of body parts of tiny, precious children for money. Christians have always been against abortion, but these videos have exposed the work of Planned Parenthood in a way that demands Christians prioritize this issue. In one sense, nothing has changed because Christians have always known that this was going on and have always thought it was wrong. And yet, these videos have placed this reality before our national consciousness in a way that's never existed before. And it's made us aware of the trafficking of human beings in a way that was previously unknown. The lights have come on in a darkened room, and so many of us have been shocked by what was going on right next to where we were sitting. And so we have a very significant challenge that we have to face. And that challenge is clear. As Christians, we are confronted again that we are living in a culture of death that is abortion. It is the great moral disaster of our time. And the carnage is seen on so many levels. The obvious level of the carnage is the unborn children that are being ruthlessly murdered and placed up for sale. In the United States of America alone, there are more than one million abortions every year. Since 1973, when abortion was legalized in Roe v. Wade, there's been almost 60 million abortions. This is a holocaust of human lives like nothing that has ever taken place before in the history of planet Earth. Every year, something like one-third of those abortions are committed by Planned Parenthood. And so we see the carnage and the cost of human lives of unborn children. But that's not the only place we see the carnage of abortion. We also see the human cost in the lives of women who submit to these abortions. Millions of women struggle with the grief of a decision they made to end a human life, and they struggle with it for the rest of their lives. The pain in the lives of these women is unspeakable, and it often gets overlooked as we talk about a right to choose. We also need to talk about the carnage in the lives of men 
who have impregnated women and then urged them to get an abortion out of convenience. Many men all across the country struggle with the guilt of these decisions and the pressure they applied to the women in their lives and the human beings whose lives were lost because of those decisions. Perhaps least obviously of all, we need to talk about the human carnage to the proponents of abortion. We have to be honest about the difficulty and the pain brought into the lives of those who advocate for abortion. Of course, these people don't know it, but in advocating for such a vile practice, they are destroying their very souls. In the language of Romans 2.5, they are storing up wrath for themselves on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Consider some of the comments by abortion advocates as we consider the, the judgment they store up for themselves. Last year, Cecile Richards, the leader of Planned Parenthood, was asked by a reporter when life begins, and she said, and this is a quote, it's not something that I feel like is really part of this conversation. I think every woman needs to make her own decision. The reporter followed up and asked, why is it controversial for you to say when life starts? And she responded, and I quote again, I don't know that it's controversial. I don't know that it's really relevant to the conversation. She continued, I'm the mother of three children. For me, life began when I delivered them. And she added that her children have, quote, probably been the most important thing in my life ever since, but that was my own personal decision. Last week, Hillary Clinton, a candidate for the President of the United States, characterized a vote pending in the United States Congress to block funding from Planned Parenthood like this. She said it's another effort by the Republicans to limit the health care options of women. We've got women who are mothers and leaders who are saying that life is about a woman's personal decision. It's about her health care. It's about playing politics. And as heartbreaking as these statements are as Christians, we actually understand what drives someone to make them. We're given the reason in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 19. Paul says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. People are ignorant and futile in their minds because their hearts are hard, and that leads them into darkness. That is to say that what drives statements like the ones we read from abortion proponents Cecile Richards and Hillary Clinton, what drives those statements is sinful insanity. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 4. Their minds are darkened. They're futile. Their hardened hearts make them that way. It takes sinful insanity to articulate this kind of defense of human self-destruction. It is only the maddening folly of sin that would lead some people to attack other people whose only offense is being as young and defenseless as we all once were. It is the lunacy of sin that would lead us to bring war and carnage to the place where every loving mother knows her child should be the most safe. It is the craziness of a hard and sinful heart 
that would believe the nearer a child is to a mother's beating heart, the greater is her right to stop that child's heart from beating. And it takes hard-hearted, sinful insanity to justify all of that under the wicked misnomer of women's health. And so we know what's going on here. It is an all-out war of the kingdom of darkness against the kingdom of light, and we must act. And Christians all across the country, indeed all across the world, are asking, what must we do? And I want to give a few suggestions. First, you need to call your representative in Congress. You can call the Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. And ask to speak to your senator. Ask to speak to your congressperson and plead with them to vote in favor of defunding Planned Parenthood. There is a bill pending in the United States Congress even now. Some suggest that it could be voted on as early as today, Monday, and that bill would restrict the funding of the United States government to go to Planned Parenthood, which last year was over $500 million. Many are predicting that the vote can't pass, but the Lord knows about that, and the Lord can help. I want to give the names of several senators that are being reported by the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission as potential swing votes to turn the tide in favor of passage of this law. If you are a resident of Illinois, you need to call Republican Senator Mark Kirk today and ask him to support defunding Planned Parenthood. If you're a resident of Maine, you need to call Republican Senator Susan Collins. If you're a resident of Alaska, you need to call Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski. If you live in West Virginia, call Joe Manchin today. If you are a resident of Indiana, Joe Donnelly is one of your senators, and you need to call today and appeal to him to support this effort. And if you live in Pennsylvania, Bob Casey needs to hear from you today that you want him to defund Planned Parenthood. So you can call your senators. You can call your congressperson. Another thing you can do is use social media, tweet, go on Facebook, use Instagram, use Pinterest. If you have a blog, write a blog. If you use Twitter and you want to use the hashtags DefundPP or AnotherBoy or other hashtags that are popular right now, it's actually interesting. That can sound like a silly suggestion to use social media, but if it weren't for social media, we would not know about this crisis. It was... Christians. It was people who were committed to saving unborn lives that got this information out to the public using social media almost exclusively. And so don't think that's an ineffective means. A next thing that you can do is preach the gospel. Don't just call your representatives. Don't just tweet, but preach the gospel when you do those things. Romans 1.16 says the gospel is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. There must be no confusion that our commitment to life is inextricably linked to our commitment to Jesus Christ. We want to speak of him into a culture in such desperate need of change because we have experienced his change bringing us out of death and into life. The gospel of Jesus Christ teaches that all people, including unborn babies, are precious. And the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches that all people, even abortionists, can change. The call to end abortion is an opportunity to speak the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ into a world darkened and hardened by sin. Our call is to use this horrifying sin as the opportunity to call an entire culture to repentance. We want this because we were all once just as lost as any of the guilty people exposed in the Planned Parenthood videos. 
And so our call as Christians is not merely to defund Planned Parenthood. It's to repent, to turn to Jesus Christ, and then overflow with his love by taking away the funding of people bent on human destruction. These are massive realities, huge things that we are called to today. They are things that are too big for us. And so the last thing that I want to encourage you to do is fast and pray. All of us at the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors are going to be spending today, August 3rd, 2015, fasting and praying for the saving of human lives, for the defunding of Planned Parenthood, for the light of the gospel to spread to a culture encased in darkness. I want to ask that you would join us. If you can't join us today, then join us some other day. Even if Planned Parenthood is defunded this week or next, there will be many battles yet to fight in a country where abortion remains legal. And so we all need to appear before the throne of grace together and beg our God to do what only he can do. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. If you would like more information about this issue, then you can look on our website at www.biblicalcounseling.com.